Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're going to be talking all about the international break. Of course, I'm just kidding. We have more important things to talk about, like Real Madrid's PR stunt that blew up in their face, Nuno Mendes arriving on deadline day, and whether we should be concerned that very few players left the French capital this transfer window. And let's go ahead and bring in the crew. Here to help me break it all down, the latest PSG news is Matt Gooding from England. We've got Ty Taylor from sunny South Florida. And maybe later today uh, during the show, we might hear from Carl Oscar Kallstrom, who had a fire in his kitchen. So hopefully he's doing okay. Uh, But let's check in with Matt first. It's been a while. First, give us an update on the Mighty U's. How are they doing this season? Did I see they had a pretty convincing win recently, or am I making that up? You, you're not making that up, Ed. We, uh, we took on the mighty Burton Albion and we beat them 3-0 with a deflected goal and two own goals, which was pretty cool. And then we beat Bolton Wanderers. So it's all, uh, it's all happening for the mighty use. They're flying up the table. Flying up the table. Wonderful. And then we've got Ty. It's also been a minute since we've had you on the show. Um, I guess since it's early in the show and we've got everyone's attention right now, let you know, say hey to everyone first, but then also... Let us know about the project that you're working on with some other uh, PSG Talk contributors. Yeah, for sure. So it's good to be back. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure to be here. So thanks for having me again, Ed. And yeah, I think right now, you know, myself, along with two other contributors, um, John Alangi and James Carter, are working on bringing back 24th and Park for its second season. Um, you know, we kind of put it on pause. Um, Eddie Razo and John started this. This was their brainchild a while back. So we want to bring it back. And we just felt like, you know, there's so many contributors here at PSG Talk that all have great ideas and, you know, different opinions, different points. So it's just another opportunity for us to, you know, share great content with the, the PSG audience. And essentially what makes 24th and Park in our eyes different than, you know, PSG Talking or the 1970 is um, the three of us, along with a lot of other PSG fans, we watch all types of football, all types of leagues. So we're going to be PSG focused. But we're also just going to talk about all the major storylines across all five leagues. So, you know, if you're interested in just hearing or debating about Champions League, other leagues, what's going on in the Prem, the Bundesliga, you know, anywhere else, then 24th and Park is definitely something you guys should tune into. So we plan on recording our first episode this weekend. So we hope to bring that to you guys uh, soon. We're excited. And we'll we'll add the link to our podcast page. Of course, I'll share it out and, and all that. So if, don't worry about missing it. And of course, if you join our Discord, you know you'll you'll definitely have access to those links and updates on when the next show is going to drop. So super excited about that. I love the the premise of the whole original Twenty Fourth and Park. I love the name um, of the show. So really excited about that. So thank you guys for putting that together. All right, so let's just get into the meat of the show now. I've said a, a ton on these airwaves and on Twitter about Real Madrid. Kylian Mbappe, that whole saga that was going on for at least a week, week and a half, something like that. But we haven't had you guys on to to share your thoughts on the situation. So I'm going to basically shut up and just hand it over to you. But now that it's all over, was this all just a colossal waste of time? Was it a PR stunt from Real Madrid? Do you you ever think PSG considered selling Kylian Mbappe? Should they have considered selling them? Let's start in the middle here with Ty. Let's go with you. And then, uh, Matt, you go right after and share your thoughts on it yeah so it's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of days um for sure so i think for me personally i think um i see both sides of the of the equation here i know some psg fans are are for some are against um i think i was on the fence you know i think my my opinion changed day by day was it a stunt i think so i think 
Madrid made the offer late because they already knew PSG didn't have time to find an adequate replacement for Mbappe. They assumed it wasn't going to be accepted. Um, I heard today, um, Guillaume, I forget his last name, but he does, I think he's on Talk Sport or um, Sports 5 in London. He's a big uh, reporter, journalist for Bundesliga. He had reported today that his sources have told him that Real Madrid didn't even really have the money to make that bid, you know, in, in the first place. So now whether that's true or not, yeah. um, we'll never know. But I think there are some other individuals within the in, within the industry, you know, of, of the game who think that it was a fake bid, who think it was a phantom bid, essentially. I think the 200, 220 was definitely a phantom bid. And for me, it's like PSG the entire time have said 200 was a number, 200 to 215. They came out with 160, 170. They then waited a week or a couple of days, 180. If you really had the money and really wanted Mbappe that bad, you could have also just put up the 200 a week ago when you said, right? And, you know, to make matters even worse, they could have came with this bid earlier in the window. You know, who knows? I'm a believer that if PSG got their money and had a full window to, you know, find a replacement and work on other things, Mbappe may be gone, you know? So, um, I think it is partially PR. I think it also is a power move. I think it's a power move by, you know, Perez for sure to say, hey, here's this check. We're trying, we're doing what we can. And it's just another show of faith to Mbappe. Like, hey, you're the only person we want, right? Whether it was real or not, it's it's chess, right? And at, at this level of business, it's chess, not checkers at the end of the day, right? And for him, it's like, we could get you for free. We're willing to pay this money. This is how much we value you at the end of the day. Um, and I think Perez just knew they're not going to accept it, but Hey, we're playing the behind the scenes game. That way we can lock this up January one and just be done with it. So, um, that's my take on, you know, whether it was real versus not real. And I think later we can get into, you know, what I would have liked to seen, you know, and, and what makes sense maybe, but, um, that's where I stand on at least that portion of it. Yeah, we definitely want to get your thoughts on that. And just going back, it was Guillaume Balagu, um, and I have one of his tweets pulled up here. It was, uh, quote, as per usual, Real win the PR battle, uh, but they have both acted with both eyes in their finances. I don't believe for a second 200 million euro for Mbappe would have been easily financed by a club that has rebuilt the stadium, too. I am convinced there was a lot of posturing in their chase. There you go. He doesn't believe it was... A real bid, which also begs the question, should PSG have accepted it and call their bluff? And then that would have been pretty hilarious to see Madrid say, well, actually, we don't have that money. Can we pay you in installments? We put Mbappe on layaway. Um, that would have been interesting. Um, let's go over to, to Matt on this one. What are your overall thoughts on this whole saga? Yeah, I mean, I am kind of uh, on the same page as, as Ty with this one. And indeed, Guillaume Balagay, who is extremely well connected. So that's what if he says Real Madrid haven't got the money then I would I would tend to believe him um I kind of thought it was just them PR in it trying to PR it out as well and trying to make it look like even though they're probably not quite in as bad a position as Barcelona they're still in quite a bad position they clearly don't have any you know had a few money problems and a lot of talent has drained out of their squad over the last few years you know since Ronaldo left and um uh you've seen quite a lot of young players be sold off as well. Sort of Hakimi, obviously, who we've got now was with them and Reguillon and Odegaard and all these guys who they've been selling to, to raise money, presumably to, to save up for Mbappe. Uh, you know, it's left them quite significantly weaker than they would have been in sort of in the sort of Ancelotti first era when they were winning the Champions League and stuff. So I think a lot of it was just to 
just a load of noise really you could see the bids they were putting in they weren't like the kind of serious bids that psg would consider you know when they're like 120 million plus 50 million over 20 years and another 10 million if he wins five ballon d'ors and you know if um if Mbappe ends up getting married to Jerry Menez, another 20 million, you know, it's just these kind of like ridiculous add-ons. You're like, PSG are never going to accept that, are they? Like, so I think it was, I found the whole thing quite tiring, just quite boring, really. It was never going to go anywhere. It just seemed like an unnecessary, like, load of fuss. And like you said, I think it would have been quite funny if PSG had just been like, yeah, okay, then you go for it and show us some money sort of thing. But, um, I never thought it was serious and I never thought he was going anywhere. And um, yeah, I guess the big winner of this whole thing is Mbappe, right? Because he he didn't um, he didn't have to come out and try and force a move because he's got his own destiny still in his own hands. So he doesn't have to look like the bad guy with the PSG fans. And next summer, let's, assuming that he won't sign a new contract, he's going to have the pick of the clubs and a lot of that money, which Madrid we're going to try and channel towards us in transfer fee. We'll probably go to Mbappe now in terms of signing on fees and their wages or, or what have you. So I feel like he's the big winner of this whole kind of fairly pointless uh, saga, which has, uh, yeah, left me feeling kind of tired, to be honest. Is, isn't it interesting how, you know, when PSG are buying a Neymar and Mbappe, oh, they're ruining football. And then when they decide not to sell, they still get the brunt of all the criticism from the media where they're like, what kind of club is this that they can just, yeah. you know, deny 200 million for a player who could be for go on free uh, on a free yeah, transfer in four months? I saw this from one of the one of the Real Madrid accounts was like, look at this. PSG have been offered 200 million. They're turning it down. How can clubs use their financial power to ruin footballers? I'm like, you're Real Madrid. You've literally this is literally your sort of thing that you've been doing for like, you know, 50, 100 years. Like. It's just unbelievable yeah. that like they would be like, oh, PSG, what are you doing? How can you do this? It's like they just don't like it because the table's been turned, isn't it? Yep. That's a, a really good way to put it. Now, Ty, let's go back to you because you were talking about what you would have done. So let's let's set aside the PR stun, whether that was true or not. Let's let's assume the bid was real. Maybe the, the bid of $180 million, maybe that was real. Should PSG have taken that deal? Even if it was late in the window, should they have taken it? Maybe strengthened in January or or next summer. What do What do you think PSG should have done? It's a tough question. I think, and again, as I said, I've I've sat literally. There's been days where I've been like, All right, you have to sell. Like 180, 200 is is too much money to pass up from the business side. And then from the sporting side, I've woken up and been like, I mean, we're PSG at the end of the day, right? Like the Qataris don't need that money. So I've really tried to be objective and not just like fall on one side of this and, and see the arguments of individuals like Carl and, you know, the arguments of individuals like Mark. And when me, John and James have spoken, listen, if it was 200 personally, I think I would have taken it. Um, the reason being is that, yes, would it have hurt? Of course, it's Mbappe at the end of the day, but 200 is a lot of money. It's foolish money to be spent by Real Madrid. I don't think any club or any club has accepted a fee that high for a player with that little time left in his contract. And it just allows you to continue to build successfully without strain for the future, right? Um, we don't really know what the FFP rules are going to be. I think that's also why I haven't fallen too strictly on the, you have to take that money because you don't know, you know, FFP is going to come and, you know, we need to rebuild the squad and we're thinking short term. The reason I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal is what I've read is that UEFA is 
changing UEFA, they're restructuring it to kind of follow a model very similar to what La Liga does now, which is kind of a salary cap. So around 70% of your base earnings or the revenue you bring in. So while that 200 would be nice to have, the need for liquid cash has never been an issue for PSG. They make a lot of money on the revenue. So if your salary cap itself has to be 70% with Mbappe's wages off the books, you're going to probably be in a good spot. Now, where we're going to probably be iffy is Leonardo's lack or inability, I should say, to sell is a problem because we're going to need to sell some of the dead wood that's currently on the squad. But that's why I was kind of like, maybe we don't need the, the 200 to really balance the books if his wages of 30 mil a year or 35, 45, apparently is the newest offer, is not on the books. You know what I mean? So if it was 200, I would have seriously considered taking it just because you can do so much with that money, whether it's now, whether it's in the future. Um, 160, still a lot of money. I mean, I can see the argument why to take it. I wouldn't rush to take that. But I mean, 200 is, is a lot of money. I mean, 200, I mean, Man City bid, what, 130, 140 for Harry Kane, who still has three years left in his contract. Mm-hmm. And I get the age difference, but he's still a top striker, you know, in, in the world. So, um, yeah, that's that's insane, especially when Leonardo said that we had losses, said that, you know, we needed to sell to buy and we didn't sell anybody. <laughs> you, you said we needed to sell to buy a couple months ago. You didn't sell anybody but Bakker for seven mil. And you got rid of Sarabia, but you kept his, kept his wages on the books. So yeah. that's like, you know, that kind of cancels each other out. So I'm interested, man. I think um, there have been a lot of conversations. I'm really interested to see what happens with Mbappe, especially if they keep him. Like, how are they going to make this work? How are you going to be able to prove that this works? Because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a guy in the finances, but just looking at it, looking at the wages we're paying people, it doesn't seem to work. You know, the math doesn't add up, but... Again, these guys find loopholes. They do what they do. So um, I'll trust them at the end of the day. But at 200, I would have really considered taking them. Yeah, and that's one thing you have to keep in mind. You know, if they say, oh, wages have to be a certain percentage of your income. And it's like, oh, we know a Qatari business. We can just funnel money in. And yeah, it's all it kinds is. of stuff. Also, PSG would have to, if they did sell, they, they would have to then, I think they still owe Monaco, what, something like 30 mil. So you know, that total transfer fee, they, some of that would have to go back to Monaco. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, that's such a little fee though, right? Like I think PSG, Nasser and Leo said that we want to break even at minimum, right? Like I think they paid 180 for Mbappe. So 200 would have gotten you just about even. Like we're not we're not arguing over two to $5 million if you're short, right? So you just didn't want to sell. We understand that as fans, we get it. You just didn't want to sell. But if that 200 million offer was real, which I know we all doubt it is, you break even at that point or 210, whatever it is, you have broken even and Mbappe's bargain or promise to not leave on a free is is then fulfilled. And now if he doesn't renew and Nasser and Leo are like, he lied to us, he left on a free. Well, I mean, you did just get offered 180 like eight months ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? So some of this is out of his hands. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it, it should be interesting the next, uh, the next couple months. Absolutely. Now, Matt, I mean, imagine you're Nasser, you know, you have a golden toilet in your, in your house and all that, you know, 200 million. That's a lot to us. That's a lot in the world of football, but to, to the Qataris, I mean, they find 200 million in the cracks of their cushions, uh, and in their sofas, don't they? I mean, that's nothing to them. So they probably just looked at that and were like, well, it's, we'd rather just have the player. I mean, do you think that was their attitude or do you think they ever actually considered selling Mbappe and should they have considered selling them if, if the 180, 200 was real? 
Um, no, I don't think that there was any... I think unless Mbappe had come out and been like, I want to go to Real Madrid now, we need to make this happen, otherwise I'm going to cause you a problem, I don't think there's any way they would have sold. And even then, I'm not sure. Like, you hear what Nasser said in the past, you know, Mbappe is not leaving under any circumstances, blah, blah, basically threatening to kidnap him and keep him probably in the room with the golden toilet in it, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I genuinely don't... Um, I don't think there's any circumstance where they would have uh, agreed to sell. I think the only way that it could have possibly happened is if Real Madrid had done this a bit earlier in the window and there'd been more time to line up some kind of, you know, equally uh, big name replacement. But again, you might say that's a, another indication that Real Madrid weren't really serious. So they only started, like, you know, talking about this a couple of weeks ago. So I, I'm kind of... I, whether I would have sold personally or not, I don't know. I think I can see the, I can see both sides of it. But I think, given the situation we're in financially, I think the Qataris probably thought is two hundred million worth uh, trading for a better chance of winning the Champions League, and also having Mbappe for another year in the run up to the twenty twenty two World Cup, where they've yes. basically got, yep. they've got Messi. Neymar and Mbappe on the payroll, which I suspect they didn't bargain for, you know, uh, well, maybe they hoped that would happen, but I think that's probably beyond their expectations. So I think when you factor those things in, which are all a bit non-football and a bit like a bit depressing where, where the world of football is, in my opinion, but you know, that's, that's the situation we're in. And I think there's not, I don't think there's anything Real Madrid could have offered uh, that would have convince them to sell personally and whether you think that's that's right or wrong is kind of irrelevant because i think that's 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 where we are could yeah. could you buy cambridge united for 200 million uh <laughs> I you could you could probably buy the whole of league one for 200 million like <laughs> us and the other 23 teams so so yeah if, if uh if nasa is looking for a new project i, I mean i can hook him up for sure yeah what a missed so opportunity con- go ahead ty con- yeah i'm confused with i get the facts and again right i think i've I've seen both sides. I'm kind of indifferent, you know, however this plays out, I think we're going to be okay. I was listening to the Gavin Jules show the other day, and I think it was Gab who had said like PSG had been essentially like um, slapped on the wrist twice, you know, by FFP um, for not following regulations, which is the most by any other club. So yes, we're rich, but we have been looked at and been like, we're not following the rules. Right. So again, I think a big part of this is, you know, with the regulations changing to more of a salary cap model, um, we'll see a change. And but if it was the standard, you know, passing up on that in a pandemic, it's probably not going to look great at the end of the day. And then, you know, I think a question for both of you, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I was, you know, going off of what Matt said, is that whole thing about the prison, right? When you look at the Neymar situation, when you look at the Verratti situation from the past, where he was open and kind of wanted to go to Barca. You look at Killian, who is a homegrown kid, you know, wants to go, whether he said it publicly or not, there were sources that said that he went to Nasser and Leo and said that he wants to go now. You know, he, he was never going to cause an issue. Do you feel that players in the future, whether it's young players, whether it's star players, are looking at the situation and being like, yeah, as much as it, I kind of want to go there, like if you go there, like you're only leaving on their terms. Like you literally have no way out. Like PSG has never sold in the Qatari era unless they want to. And while that's good for us as fans, because we like having that power and the fact that we're not going to lose anybody or get fleeced in a deal from a player's perspective, 
you've got, I, I'd assume there's some players that are looking at that like, yeah, I got to take note of what happened to Neymar, what happened to Mbappe, what happened to Verratti, and do I really want to put myself in a situation where I am going to be stuck in a golden cage, you know, and my only option is to run down my contract and just refuse 20 to 30, you know, extension offers until I'm able to go into free. That's a good point. The old uh, prison Saint Germain uh, moniker that it's going around. I love the. By the way, I love the the Photoshop images of like Mbappe behind you know bars, holding a Real Madrid shirt, sad tear coming down his face. It's, yeah. it's... He, looked, he looked absolutely gutted when he put that first goal in on uh, on what day was it Sunday? Yeah, uh, it was really when he was running to the fans and giving it the big one. He looked like he looked devastated to have to stay here for another year. Yeah. I'm sure it's he's a professional kid. Uh, he's, yeah. he's not going to cause yeah. any issues. Yeah, I think it's a good point you make. I think you will always be attractive to players because of the money they can get, basically. But I do wonder if football in general will go to more of a, you will see more players signing shorter contracts and then running them down and then taking back control of their own destiny sort of thing. Because you're right, it feels like you do kind of, you look at all the players we've got on the books now and you know that we're going to struggle to shift probably because of wages and you think clearly some of them are probably happy playing occasionally and getting paid a lot but some of them might want to move but be unable to do so and you know that applies to star players as well like you were saying Ty I think PSG are never going to want to let their best players go and I think the only way the players can sort of rebalance that is to is to sign shorter contracts and maybe we'll see see less big transfer fees and more sort of free agents and and the money going to the to the player rather than the teams. Yeah, I think I think it's two sided, right? Like you have the Mbappe situation, but you're also looking at the Harry Kane situation. Like no one's going to sign a six year deal again. <laughs> like yeah, Harry Kane exactly. like, yeah. would put himself in a terrible situation. And the other thing with France yeah. is that people forget we're one of the only leagues, if not the only league, that doesn't have release clauses. So once you sign that deal, it doesn't matter what a like what a team offers. A team can't trigger you know to pay that clause. Um, maybe France should look to, you know, implement that because when you really look at it, right, from like an objective standpoint, PSG kind of has like an unfair hand where like, you know, all these other leagues have release clauses where if you wanted to set Mbappe's release clause at 300 mil and someone wanted to pay it, okay, you're getting 300 mil, you know, but we're the only league where it's like, no, we don't have one. So we don't care what you offer. You can't legally trigger anything for us to openly allow you to talk to any of our players. Do we know why that is, Matt or Ty? Do you know why that just... France doesn't allow that. I have no idea. Something we can look into, maybe discuss next next show. Yeah, if you know, tweet us. I, I'm curious. Or, or to ask know. Jonathan, maybe. Yeah, maybe Jonathan Johnson knows. Yeah, uh, finish your thought. Go ahead, Ty. No, no, that was it. It was just um, just a double edged sword. You know, the the Mbappe situation this summer, the Harry Kane situation this summer. I think we're going to see a lot of three year deals, player option for the fourth, or a four year with a player option for the fifth potentially. But I don't think we're going to see any, you know, major long deals anymore. I think players are just learning, and it's it's common with US too. You know, if you look at the NBA, players are, you know, aligning their contracts to go to free agency with their friends and and other big players so that they can choose where they want to go. They're doing one year deals plus an option. LeBron like doesn't really sign long deals anymore. He signs short one two year deals that way. If he feels the need to to change ship or change his scenery, he can do that without having to be stuck anywhere, you know, for a long period of time. Yeah. But then what if clubs all get together and decide to change the rules a little bit or offer less money? You know, I'm I'm think I'm just thinking that there's things that clubs can do because it's not advantageous to them at all to do these types of one or two year deals. It really hamstrings them. 
Um, yeah, I think I think also if, from a fan perspective, I don't really like all this upheaval very much. I prefer when we have a, a fairly settled squad and you have a transfer window where you upgrade in one or two areas and you may you know where you where you need better players and you you say goodbye to a handful but i prefer continuity and i feel like the last couple of years we've had a lot of churn and it just makes it harder to to feel bonded and connected to the players so i think i i would regret uh if we if we see more player movement in in future just because i feel like it's just a shame when that when when the squad changes so much from year to year yeah, you want to be able to support and get behind a group of players that you know you'll see for the next three, four, five years, and you don't want it to be a revolving door. And back to Ty's original question about players maybe not wanting to come here, you talked about Verratti, but he ended up signing extension after PSG held on to him. Neymar did the same. PSG didn't let him go. Now he signed an extension. But that's where I want to go with this next topic is what about that extension for Mbappe? They, so they followed the... The recipe, you know, they didn't sell. Now the hard part, can they get him to sign an extension? I think we would all say probably not likely. So if you were to go with that narrative, in January, does Mbappe sign a pre-contract with Real Madrid? And then what does that do for the rest of the season? We're going to hopefully be coming up on the knockout stage. Do you face Real Madrid at some point? And Mbappe's already signed for them. It's a big distraction. So how do you see this whole thing playing out? If, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you think he will sign an extension, but if not, do you think he'll sign something in January? Um, Ty, we can go with you. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't. I don't. I don't think Mbappe's uh, signing anything. I, I hate to say it. I think I've been um, pretty optimistic on this one, but I'm, I'm gonna take a step back and be realistic. I think he's at this point. He's gone now. Can things change? 100. percent you know, I think um, the reason Real Madrid wanted or was potentially, you know, fake or not offering or willing to pay that money is fear of what happens, right? Injury, uh, competition from other clubs and the Prem, um, them having a really bad season and potentially, you know, changing his mind. Even if they did bad, I don't, I don't think that's really going to change his mind that much. Um, but as of right now, I don't think he extends. I think he does leave on a free. Sucks to say, but in regards to the rest of the tournament, um, listen, I, I think Mbappe is, is very professional. I think he, um, he knows how to handle himself. You know, he has, you know, I know we knock him for his ego recently, but from a maturity standpoint, I think he has that maturity. And I think at the end of the day, he realizes the opportunity. Um, he's a man, or I shouldn't say a man, but um, a young man, right? That's all about legacy, right? He wants to be the man at Real Madrid. Um, he understands what it does for his legacy if he brings a Champions League to to PSG. Um, he's Paris born and bred. He's a hometown kid. So whether it's Real Madrid or anybody else, um, I think he will give his all, you know, for for the team. Obviously, the Spanish media will make it, you know, about something else. But um, Neymar is one of his best friends. He's playing with Messi. He has he's made a bond already with Hakimi. There are other players on the on the squad that he's really fond of. The staff. I've heard that him and Poch are really close as well. So I don't see any scenario where even if he signs a pre-contract, that his head isn't focused on where it needs to be. And if he does, we all know that Real Madrid are going to leak that before the ink is dry. Um, Matt, any hope? Uh, one thing that I've been um, I've been accused of mental gymnastics, but from from what I can see, if PSG are continuing to offer him contract and the fee gets higher and higher and higher, and they keep offering it to him, my thought is Mbappe must not have told them flat out, "I will not sign at all." Just stop. You're wasting your time. 
there must be a little bit of a crack that PSG think that they can get their foot in to open the door. What What is it going to take? Do you think there's any possibility? And if not, do you think he signs a, a deal with uh, Real Madrid in January? Uh, I I mean, it might be worth keep pestering him to see if he just eventually says, I'll just leave him alone and just I'll sign whatever you put in front of me. Just just give me some peace and that's, that's just right. get out of my face. <laughs> but in the real world, I don't think there's any chance of him signing for us. I think he's, he's been pretty clear that you know it's always been his dream to play for Real Madrid. I mean, you might argue whether this is a this is a good dream to have, but there, there it is. And I think um, uh, it seems like it that's where he's going to end up. I mean, having said that, you know the other reason that we didn't discuss that Real Madrid might have wanted to get this done this summer is that they're worried that like someone else might sort of jump to the front of the queue or you know we know the i don't think it's necessarily a given that he'll he'll sign for real madrid in january because he might decide to leave it a bit longer and 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 see what happens and see what offers come in and hey i think um you know this situation is likely to work out very well for him and i think that's a good hopefully a good motivating factor for him to um to give all give his all in his last season of of playing for PSG and hopefully go out on a high because clearly if he wins the Champions League for us, not only is it excellent for his legacy, and I think if we did win the Champions League, we'd be able to part on sort of, you know, pretty much uh, 100% good terms. Um, but also for his marketability and his value and stuff, winning the Champions League would only add to that. So I think there's all the incentives there for him to to get his head down and enjoy this last season and enjoy that time playing with Messi and Neymar and hopefully achieve something really special. So, I mean, the way he started the season, I've got absolutely no concerns that we'll get the best Mbappe that we can this season. And what happens after that? Who knows? I mean, you never know in football, do you? Uh, maybe in nine months' time, we'll be sitting here and uh, Mbappe will be, be signing his new contract and we'll be wondering oh, all the fuss. Could you imagine? The only, yeah. the only way I see him signing a contract of, of any sort is going to be more around like if it's like a one-year deal and you know things end well amicably and they put him on like a one two-year deal with something in writing obviously not a release clause something in writing that hey if real makes an offer of 80 mil hey mbappe you stayed you did us you know you did well by us we appreciate it we'll let you go for cheap we just want to make a little bit of money just to kind of help the books out but we don't need 200 we don't need 150 180 you know let's do something for 80 mil, 90 mil, you know, a hundred mil, something a hundred might even be too high actually. But, um, something like that is the only way I, I can see him staying. Um, but yeah, I agree with what Matt said. Yeah. We've seen Mbappe score two headers. So they're rare. I think he's only scored a handful of those and he's already got two this season. So it's impressive. I don't know. I just get a little bit worried if he signs a deal, where's his head out in January, if he's already got an eye towards uh, Real Madrid. And then especially if PSG and Real Madrid match up in the Champions League. Oh my God, the drama that's going to ensue. I mean, it's going to, the, the TikTok guys, I mean, they, their heads are going to explode no, if that it's happens. A, it's, an, it's an audition. You've heard about it. You know, it's, it's an audition. We heard about it when Neymar was here. There was like leaks or rumors that Neymar wanted to play for Real Madrid. And this was his audition. That's actually like fuel to the fire, right? You go to the Bernabeu and he gets to play in front of those fans. It's like, hey, I'm going to play my best. I'm going to have a great game. And this is an audition for what you guys are going to get in 12 months. You know what I mean? 
Well, so. as long as we come out on top, then I'm happy with that. And Matt, I think you're, you make a good point is that there's going to be other teams when Mbappe is all of a sudden extremely affordable. Obviously, his wages are going to be pretty hefty, but for most big teams, they could probably afford that. Does another team jump ahead of Real Madrid? Um, I think that Mbappe, at least publicly, has spoken more about Liverpool than he has Real Madrid saying that he plays with them on FIFA and Jurgen Klopp and all of that, and they play a, a nice style and all of that. Could Liverpool maybe jump in there and make put together an attractive package? I, I mean, I think that's just Mbappe trolling Liverpool, to be honest. Sorry, any Liverpool fans are listening. I think he's like, Liverpool have got a lot of fans in the world, and uh, they tend to be quite excitable. So he's probably like, oh, I can wind these guys up. I'll be like, oh, yeah, you, your badge is really nice. Your stadium's really nice. You play good football. Mm definitely see myself here yeah maybe yeah see you later um <laughs> so i think that no i being all seriousness yes i think that the the premier league clubs could all afford him for sure um i'm surprised and this is why i think like that another reason i think the real madrid thing for this summer was a bit bs because i don't believe that man city wouldn't have made it if they thought they could get mbappe out of psg uh i can't believe they wouldn't have made a bit of an attempt to do it sort of thing so You'd obviously you'd look at them and Chelsea and the Manchester clubs could probably all get Mbappe, but I think if he's got his heart set on Real Madrid, it's going to be going to be difficult for them to do that. I mean, having said that, the fact that Real Madrid were keen to get this done early must mean that they're not hundred percent sure that they're uh, you know of their pulling power sort of thing. So you never know, but I think I think I I don't know I, I wouldn't. What would you guys say percentage of where he'll be like in not this season next season? I'd say. 70 to 75 percent Real Madrid probably and that's probably quite low yeah I'd probably yeah, go a little higher. higher yeah and I think I think you're right man I think part of the reason for the bid was to publicly show the want for Mbappe knowing that they were going to get him on a free and other clubs were going to be involved but let us come out let us you know flirt a little bit let us you know court him in in, in public and have all our media stations talk about him and, and do all that kind of stuff um that way when January comes, it's that much easier. And he's just thinking yeah. about Madrid and all that stuff. Um, in regards to the Liverpool thing, I think he has spoken about them, but I think he also, that, that was very, that was in the year where we played them in the group stage or the year when they won the Champions League, he was asked about them. I think that's the Liverpool media pushing that, you know, Liverpool fans, TalkSport, other, you know, um, UK-based uh, stations. Oh, you know, Mbappe 2022 and, and stuff like that versus I think he appreciates good football right Klopp and all that stuff but again I, I think it's always been Madrid I think that's the club he supported when he was a kid that's the club um he's wanted to play for and regardless of whatever state they're in um you know you hear a lot of people say it Madrid is Madrid and for some reason whether we like it or not uh the history and all that stuff the fans um Madrid or Barcelona for a lot of players you know even maybe not if you grew up in england because you want to play in the prem but for a lot of players that's their dream is they want to at least one one time in their life put on that real madrid kit um and listen man it's more more power to you at the end of the day right so um percentage wise i would say somewhere between 80 and 90 percent i think he ends up in a real madrid now does he sign it january 1st no maybe him and his family decide it's just smart for us to hear out some offers, right? Let's just see that. Let's get coordinated. Let's let's get the pitch from everybody. Let's travel to Anfield and get a tour. Let's travel to Bayern Munich, get a tour. Sit down with Leo and Nasser again, get a tour. You know, do that whole thing, not get a tour because he plays there. But yeah. um, 
but yeah, but you know, just hear everyone out. But I think in his mind, at least currently, he's set on Real Madrid, and that is what the sources have said. That's what um, Fabrizio said. Fabrizio said that he only wants Real Madrid, and English clubs aren't even on his mind at all right now. But Liverpool didn't spend any money this offseason, you know, so maybe they're they haven't spent money in a little bit, so maybe they're also trying to you know, save up to just at least make a run and just see kind of, you know, where it lands. So you're saying Mbappe just wants to go around and get gift baskets in all the different countries. <laughs> Wouldn't he's you? Gonna, he's going to get Wouldn't a free you? tour. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to have so many watches. Like, they'll be like, oh, yeah. He's got to deal with the, was it, Hublo or however you pronounce it. So he, he can only wear those watches. So I don't know. He kind of backed himself into a corner there. I love gifts. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think you guys love gifts as well. If like, the Amir wants to sit down with me, take me to dinner, you know, take me around. Come on. All right, cool. I, I will say cool. with, with Mbappe's just childhood dream, I mean, Spanish football is different now than it was then. Um, Barcelona, I mean, they just had to get rid of Griezmann. They're in big trouble. Real Madrid, maybe not in that much trouble, but they're, I don't think they're what they used to be. It's still a destination, but I don't know. Childhood dreams are funny. I think there's a lot of kids maybe, you know, way back in the day, maybe grew up playing for Leeds. Would you, if you're a top footballer, you want to play for them now? Maybe in the 90s, if you grew up, early 2000s, maybe Arsenal was your team. Do you want to play for them now? I'm not saying Madrid have fallen that far, but yeah, I think when you become an adult, Arsenal. maybe. <laughs> Arsenal and Madrid, that's, that's a, a big gap. That's a big that's gap. A, that's harsh on Madrid, yeah, putting the bracket Madrid could still win La Liga right now. They could still win La Liga right now. And don't forget, they were semifinalists last year with an aging squad. So Easy side of the, the, the table, but yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's, I think it's that. I think it's what Ty was saying. It's that mystique, isn't it? It's all those European Cups and Champions Leagues. It's Zidane and Ronaldo and going back to Stefano and Puskas and all that. I mean, I you know, it's a real iconic kind of club. And I think you, you like to think there's still a bit of that romance in football. And if that if that's really what Mbappe wants to do then then fair enough I can see the appeal of of lining up alongside you know in the history books alongside all those greats at some point so it doesn't seem like a logical career move to me either but you know I think you can't you can't sort of you can't discount all that history and all that all that sort of prestige that goes along with and sort of it does have a bit of an aura about it still Real Madrid whatever whatever state they're in really so that I guess that's probably quite a big factor for him yeah, there was a, a piece in The Athletic talking about Real Madrid's obsession, and it talks about when Kylian Mbappe was younger, he got like a model of the Bernabeu or something like that, and he told his family, one day I'm going to take you there and you're going to watch me play and all of that. And so whoever gave him that damn model, I'm blaming you. That's the reason he wants to play there. Well, he went there for a trial when he was a kid. Yeah, he, he met Zidane, who is no longer there. He was like, this is too much of a shit show for me, so I'm out of here. Um, he'd rather sit and do nothing than be at Madrid. So I don't know. What does that tell you, Mbappe? I'm a little salty. I, I want him to sign. I don't know if you guys can tell. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about one of Real Madrid's signings, uh, Eduardo Camavinga, because that's a player at PSG were rumored to be really interested in. So the first part that I guys want you to talk about is we remember in 2017 was Mbappe was what 18 something like that and he was at Monaco and he decided I'm not quite ready for Madrid. But then here you have 18 year old Camavinga going there. So what do you think about that? And then also why don't you think PSG made a run for Camavinga? I think it was 35 million maybe with add-ons up to 40 seems affordable for PSG. Why didn't they make that deal? We can start with Matt if you want to touch on this topic. Yeah, I mean it's a uh... It's a big move for him, and I think you see these um, young players. I, I know he's been playing in the 
first team uh, football for a while now, but you often see these young players like someone like Renato Shan- the get my words out. Renato Sanchez went to Bayern Munich when he was really young after a you know a really promising start to his career, and it really set him back. And it's only now that he's you know been at Lille and I think he's back in the Premier League, isn't he, on deadline day? But um, you know, it's taken him a few years to recover from that making that big jump too fast. And I wonder if if Camavinga might regret doing that but we'll we'll see in terms of psg i feel like we're possibly paying the price for our other transfer business and maybe they just didn't think they can get it done in their sort of within the sort of um financial constraints we operate i know that um obviously we signed the the left back from um from portugal um nuno uh nuno mendes right i literally hadn't heard of this guy till yesterday so <laughs> he's the best left back in the world <laughs> I put that on Twitter earlier and someone was like digging me out for it. And I was like, he's literally played 40 first team games. Like, how can anyone? Anyway, um, uh, I'm going off the topic. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they just couldn't get it done because of the messy deal. And because, you know, we seem to have done quite a lot of sort of opportunist deals this summer, like getting Donnarumma because he was on a free, getting Messi, obviously, because of his situation. And I wonder if we've kind of we've shot ourselves, we've kind of uh, left ourselves unable to do what would have been a logical deal for us and what might have had a considerable upside in future because we've, we've spent all our money on, um, on, on the guys who, who sort of just popped into our, into our uh, windscreen sort of thing. So I don't know, it does seem weird that we weren't sort of a bit more interested because I feel obviously he's a player with massive potential who's already shown that he's a very competent player. So I can only think that it was financial because it would have made a lot more sense to uh to try and get a deal done absolutely and uh, just real quick we just brought in carl oscar kalstrom carl we're talking about emily in paris uh the netflix special if you want to give your thoughts on that show and then also eduardo Camavinga. what what are your thoughts on him we were just talking about in all reality we were, we were talking about why you know psg didn't make a run for him why did he go to real madrid and also, like he's going there at 18 when Mbappe was that age at Monaco. He was like, I'm not quite ready. So if you want to talk about that dynamic, but we can hand it over to you. And, and we're glad to see that you're doing okay. We heard that you had a fire, a kitchen fire. So glad that you're doing okay. Yeah, thanks for having me in the middle of this. Uh, it all, uh, no one got hurt, so no, no worries. Uh, yeah, in terms of um, in terms of Camavinga, I think he... Um, Real Madrid are are in a different situation uh, now than they were what was it four years ago now, so I wouldn't really be that uh, well. I, I would think he he sees a future in that uh, in that midfield given the age of Toni Kroos and uh, Luka Modric, so there, there there's a possibility for him to really assert himself in one of the absolute biggest clubs uh, in, in the world. Um, so I think that's the reason, and and as well, he he won, really wanted out of Rennes. He need he needed a he needed a way out in uh, in a way that maybe Kieran Mbappe didn't. He, Mbappe could easily have continued at uh, at Monaco uh, for another year, while it doesn't seem viable for uh, Camavinga at uh, Rennes. So uh, yeah, that, that's my take on that. And he he'll probably do really well. He he struggled somewhat last season, but he still produced good numbers. Uh, so I reckon he will do well. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one stung a little bit. Um, Ty, if you want yeah. to talk about Kamavinga a little bit, and then if you want to move on to Nuno Mendes, we know we, Matt doesn't have too much to say because he's literally never heard of him before. <laughs> so have you watched uh, Mendes' uh, highlight videos on YouTube? What do you like? 
if you want to pretend like you've been watching him, go for it. Yeah, no, I definitely have. Uh, I've definitely watched a couple of times. Um, small ones, I think. Uh, glad to hear Carl's safe. I know, you know, he's lighting fires, you know, now that he found out that uh, Mbappe is staying and we didn't take the 200 or the 180. So, no, I think, you know, Kamavinga specifically, I think it's, I think he's in a good spot. I think he's a good player. We wanted him. I think it's, um, it's a couple things. I think Mbappe, from what we read or what I know or read, um, the reason he didn't go to Real Madrid wasn't really his choice. I think it was more his parents' choice, saying that they want to keep him in Paris around his roots, around his family. They didn't think he was ready yet. Um, so Kamavinga's situation is different. And I also think he's going to a great situation. You have an aging midfield. You know, he's going to be behind Modric, Kroos. He's probably going to be behind Valverde as well in terms of like big games. So he'll have the time to go there, insert himself, no pressure. He probably won't play Champions League games unless, you know, they're ahead of their group. And it's like the last two games or against the the lower seeded teams. He'll probably play cup games. Um, and as Kroos and Madras kind of, you know, phase out over the next couple of years, next two years, um, he'll insert himself. And when he's starting, he'll probably be 20 years old, 21. Um, and he'll probably be there for the next, you know, five to 10 years. So um, I think he's in a good situation. Uh, happy for him. Um, I'll definitely be excited to watch and see what he's doing. And then in regards to Mendez, I, I haven't watched too much. I don't really know who he was. Um, I've heard his name before. I've heard good things. So I'm excited. I think he fits the profile of what we want to play, at least the way I want to play, or I think we should play potentially. Um, but what I did watch yesterday was was definitely promising. You know, um, I'm not going to I'm not going to get too excited. I need to see him play. I need to see, you know, how he plays. He's 18, so he's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. He's going to have games where we're like, you know, this kid is has potential to be world-class, and he's going to have games where he makes mistakes, and we're just like, uh, you know, today could have been better, but that's just what comes with being 18. You know, we can't expect everybody to be Mbappe and just, you know, have tremendous games um, at that age, but I'm excited, though. He seems like um, a defender with, you know, an attacking mentality. Um, he's got the passing ability, he's got the shooting ability, uh, crossing, putting balls over the top. So um, should be exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see once we get back from international break. It seems like it's that worst time of the year where like the Mercado finishes, right? And like we're all excited or down or we just want to watch PSG play and then we have to wait two weeks to, to get a game back on TV. It's like, it's the worst. I know. We, I'm, I wish we were playing. I want to see how this team comes together. We're going to talk about formation, then we're going to get to some questions. But Carl, let me just go to you just so you can get a few words in here. Do they do they show the Portuguese league in Sweden? Have you seen much of Mendes? Or if you want to talk about the left back uh, position in general, because we went from an injured Bernat to like a substitute Diallo to really having some really nice options. So what do you think? Yeah, I, I watched every sporting game last season, so I know everything about it. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen him play. I, I, I don't know the last time I, I watched a sporting game. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think we'll have to re refer to our Portuguese friends uh, if we have any online. Uh, they, uh, I'd be happy to hear from them uh, what, what they think about him. But he's clearly a uh, an exciting prospect and a valued one for, from uh, many clubs point of view, since many were in the frame, at least early in the window. Uh, what was sorry? What was the second question or the second part of the question? Well, the, I guess the left back. Yeah, we we can just um, yeah. if you want to talk about the left back, and then if you want to just yeah. we can start with you and just talk about how you see this formation. What is the ideal formation with all the players now? Is it three at the back? Yeah. Just so yeah, talk about the left back and then the whole uh, the the yeah. formation you go with. Yeah. 
so in terms of the left back position, I think I've been one of those who, I mean, I, I wouldn't have said no to a left back signing, but I haven't felt it, it was as much of a priority as some other people. I think while Diallo is an amazing in, in attack, he definitely offers a, an assuredness and a stability defensively. I've said this many times, but I, without him coming on in the second half against uh, against Barca at home, I think we would have lost. He turned that game around from left back because uh, uh, Costada was getting absolutely uh, cooked by uh, your fellow countrymen. Uh, so, so, uh, I mean, in, in terms of just stability in there, he does a very good job. Uh, he did a very good, very good job uh, last season. I've, I've seen people sort of, uh, I don't know, criticizing Bernard as, oh, he's finished. We haven't seen him play. I mean, it could be a possibility that his, he's dropped, on, dropped off completely and he won't be effective at all. But we haven't seen him play for over a year. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, and uh, yeah, we we have uh, we've got a young si- young signing coming through in that position, which, which is very exciting. In terms of the sort of formation, I would think, considering the profile of both uh, Ashraf Hakimi and the Nunez, I would think there is some sort of three back formation. I have often propagated for Marquinhos and so, almost like a sweeper role. Just, I mean half the position or whatever you want to call it ahead of uh, the two other center backs as uh, so he drops uh drops into midfield and and drops back the, the, depending on the sort of face of the game uh often in possession he will drop back somewhat uh, and then you have your fullbacks or wing backs pushing forward uh but in uh, when you're in defense you want him to sort of step out and uh, clean up because i think you will um, unless you play the uh, especially if you play someone like Paredes uh, and Verratti alongside each other, they need help in that defensive sort of interception to tackling sense, even though even though they do that job um, to a certain extent, they certainly need, uh, they certainly need help with that, especially when we're uh, under pressure. Uh, we'll see uh, what, what Poch opts to do really. I guess maybe the the better question would be: Does anyone here think that we shouldn't play a back three? Because with Akimi and and Mendez, it seems like that's just a no brainer. Play them as like a wing back, and does anyone think otherwise? No, I think we're all on the same page. I think um, a back three is what I would prefer, and I think it matches up well against a lot of the top teams that we'll probably run into in the later stages um, of the Champions League. Um, I'm not a hundred percent opposed to a back four, but you know, um, I think me and Carl have spoken about this, you know, back and forth, whether it's in Discord or on Twitter. Um, if you're not going to play a back three, I think you have to play Marquinhos in the CDM role. Um, I just think he's too invaluable. I think that you know, Gay has had a good start to the season, but I think we saw this both of the last two seasons where he starts really well in um, his profile, and this could be due to lack of depth and, you know, injuries in the past, but he gets burnt out or he gets gassed, and then he has long stretches where he's just not performing well. Um, so back three would be my preferable formation with, you know, Marquinhos in the center, and then, like Carl said, the ability to, you know, step up a little bit, help out the midfield when needed, step back and drop into line with, you know, Presco and, and Ramos as needed. But I think a lot of this is going to be, um, determined on health, you know, I think that's a big issue for PSG. It always has been. And as we've seen, I mean, Ramos 
had off like what the last three months of last season mm-hmm. he didn't go to the euros and this dude still hasn't played a game yet like he's how, actually retired time off yeah like <laughs> you've had all this time off and you're getting calf injuries so like let's hope he can stay healthy but if he's not healthy then what are our options then we really have to play marquinhos you can still play a back three but you know you have to play marquinhos you know not in a cdm role um and maybe that maybe forces us to play a back three so we'll see. Yeah. I think health is, is going to be a big key in this. Ty, you're being unfair. I mean, getting on and off yachts and Ibiza, I mean, Sergio Ramos is putting in work. So let's let's cut him Bro, some slack here. I don't, I don't care about Ibiza. I don't care about <laughs> where you're going. I Enjoy your vacation. The one thing I ask, if this is Mbappe's last season and it hasn't happened literally since I can remember, is let's go the whole season with a fully healthy squad. I feel like our biggest thing is like you're only as good as consistency allows you to be. If you can't play your best 11 week in and week out in all the, in the biggest games and let them figure out each other's strengths, weaknesses, then we're just going to get shot in the foot. So stay healthy, Varadi. And I'm speaking to Varadi. I'm speaking to Ramos, Neymar. I think I read a stat the other day that like last season, Neymar and Mbappe only played like 20 games together. Yeah, like that's not season. great. That's not yeah. great. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I just want to think if we play Nuno Mensch and uh, Hakimi, I think it will actively sort of hurt the squad if you play a back four because one of the issues we have had defensively is that Hakimi has been pushing forward. I mean, we praise him all. Every, like, he's been doing wonders in attack, but if in transition, he's often out of position just because of his attacking uh, profile uh, and having a similar thing uh, at the left flank with only two defenders back it would be absolutely yeah. so it, it, that's a good point. yeah sorry no 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 i was going to agree with you yeah sorry sorry guys that's like, that's like a slight delay. <laughs> I, I was going to agree with you carl i would say what potch could do and i think he did this two games ago and it actually was better is he could play a diamond midfield and he could have either Herrera or Genie or whoever is on. You know, you have a CDM, you play, you know, a left midfielder, right midfielder, kind of in that diamond shape. And when Hakimi presses up, you have them drop, drop back into kind of like a line. So Herrera could drop backward to where Hakimi is supposed to be. Genie could do that. Um, one of the first games that was happening is Genie was never dropping back to actually cover the wing back. So we were getting caught out. But I do agree with you that um, there are a lot of flaws, but Poch would have to get that system down to get them used to dropping back for that coverage but if there's no coverage we're just going to get diced i don't you know i don't care what formation and I'm, this is controversial i get a lot of crap especially on youtube someone was really getting after me i just want to see donnarumma in there i just want to give him a chance i think with all the goals we're leaking from headers and set pieces throw the six foot five kid in there and let's just see what he can do player of the tournament in the euros just want to see what he can do in this team. All right, we're coming up on time here. So, Matt, I'm going to start with you here. We're going to ask some questions. Are you ready from the Discord uh, server? I'm all right, ready. this one's easy, Matt. This one's easy. If all the players are fit, which we just got done talking about, do you see PSG winning the treble? That comes from Spring underscore Ford Junior. Okay. Uh, if all the players are fit, yeah, I mean, it could happen. I mean, when we're talking, we're talking the treble, so the domestic double and the Champions League. Yeah, yeah R.I.P. I mean, RIP to the Coupe de la Liga. Yeah, I was going to say it's uh, that's just me harking back to the glory days of the Coupe de la Liga. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, I feel like 
we are we will be among the favourites for the Champions League. Obviously, it's difficult to predict what will happen in a knockout tournament. There's so many intangibles and things you can't control. But I feel like if we have a fully fit squad all the way through, then we should be looking at getting to the semi-finals again minimum, and then you sort of see what happens, don't you? Yeah. So yeah, why not? Uh, I wouldn't put my house on it, but I think we've got as good a chance as anyone this year. And no. we need to put your house on it. That's this is. <laughs> where's the dedication? <laughs> I was going to say it's got a few cracks in the ceiling, so uh, I'm not sure that would be a, a massive stake to put down. Hey, but, um, yeah, if, if it works out, you get an upgrade, you know. So we'll see. Yeah, um, let's go, Carl. Hey, this one's going to be for you. This is, comes from Patty Ice. Great name. Which addition in this transfer window do you anticipate being the most vital to the team's success this season? This season, that, that's the question, isn't it? Because I think. Yeah, I think Hakimi and Donnarumma are the two best signings in general. I, I, it, it all depends on the, uh, Ramos' fitness, and I, I fear he will uh, struggle with that. So I'm, I'm not going to pick him. I almost forgot about Messi there, by the way. Uh, so, so oh, that's my great. gosh. Uh, I don't know how. Probably Hakimi, actually, because I think he offers a different, different dynamic. Uh, even though Messi is great, we have players who fill the same roles in the team. We never had that uh, the Hakimi threat tactically, or we haven't had a player of that profile. So I think he will change the way we play. Uh, we'll see how everything gels in attack, but it's it's most well, it's, it's gonna be um, Hakimi or Messi. It's not gonna be Vinalum, I tell you. Just, I don't want to get into that. Um, Ty, Ty, let's go here. And you can't say that they're not because the question is saying that they are. So this one comes from Philip Ortiz, 1996. Why are Madrid fans obnoxious? I can't. I thought Barcelona fans were bad. The Real Madrid fans in my mentions are just insane. Like, it's been pretty funny. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, they just come at you and at you. So why are they so obnoxious, Ty? Tell everyone. Jeez. Uh, um... I don't, I don't know if they're so obnoxious. I think it's, um, I don't know. I think they're just trying to ride for the, for their team right now. But I think, I think all being politically correct, I think all fans are obnoxious. All fan bases in their own right. Um, my personal, one of my personal, um, I guess, fan bases that I personally not dislike, but I think are obnoxious, could either be Man United or Liverpool fans. I think are mm. so obnoxious. But there are probably people that say PSG fans are obnoxious, or they'll just say how can you support PSG? But um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're just um, passionate about their club. Uh, I think, you know, if you go through our tweets and our conversations, when things are going on with PSG, we're probably just as bad. So I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, boil it down to passionate fan bases, I guess, at the end of the day. They, that, that, they are passionate. That was an absolute hospital pass, Ed, and you dealt with it very well, Ed. You, uh, uh, yeah. Ty, sorry. You, you danced away from that like Marco yeah. Durati. Yeah. I have a new podcast. I'm trying to, you know, get a new podcast on the network here. I'm not trying to, you know, lose <laughs> listeners right out the gate, you know what I mean? So, Madrid fans, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, that, that was like Nasser quality of like sidestepping the question. <laughs> that, that was brilliant. Um, all right, last question. This one comes from Mr. Peanut Bubber. I love that name. Are there any youth academy players that'll be promoted to the senior squad this year? I know we don't have a lot of playing time for our young folks, but I'm just curious who is in the pipeline. Um, certainly not. No. Yeah, go ahead. Who wants to take this one, Carl? Was that you? 
yeah, yeah just no that's the no. answer really because we, we don't have any we, we have such a bloated squad in terms of uh old players uh getting uh, big contracts and needing playing time so uh Edouard Michoud and uh Xavi Simons were always going to be the top candidates but they're not going to get any playing time at, time at all and I'm quite disappointed that, that none of them I, I think probably Michoud was the one who was more ready for a loan uh, and, and sort of first team football. Uh, I, I like what I saw from Xavi Simons uh, in preseason, but I think he still needs another season in, in the youth setup to sort of continue his maturity. He was extremely rash in the tackles. And I mean, in the friendlies, I was almost scared for the opponent because he was just jumping in with two footers. Uh, but the, the little we saw from Edouard Michoud was, uh, was far more sort of mature than composed. So he should probably have gotten a loan into a league club or something like that. Yeah, but, I'm interested in Ismail uh, Garbi because I think on Messi's first day at the club, that. he was like Pach was introducing and kind of hyping him up. Um, I do wonder if in the Coupe de France, if maybe we play like an amateur side. Remember a couple of seasons ago, we played a team that had like landscapers and plumbers uh, suiting up and we played them. So maybe some of the, the youth guys could get in there. But anyone else, any other players you want to shout out? Any playing time you think we might see? For some of them, isn't, isn't he saying though? I thought I read something that Potts was sending Michoud and Simmons mm-hmm. down, and he was keeping uh, Ismail Garbi on the I, first team. So I think he's the one that we'll probably, yeah, we'll probably see. But um, listen, man, it's it's playing time's hard to come by. I know we we all fall on different sides of the fence, or the same, actually the same side. We want to see the young kids play, but um, it's a loaded squad, man. And you know, as we know, Leo didn't sell. So, you know, there are people making a lot of money that need to, to get minutes. So, um, but let's see, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't know if it's a great to be so far ahead in the league so early, but if we can get off to a great start and other teams drop points, you know, and we play some cup matches, hopefully some of these younger kids can, can get some playing time. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh-huh. You, you, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Was that Carl? Yeah. Uh, I, I doubt uh, Gabby will get any sort of meaningful playing time. Just given his physique, he looks like he looks like a kid, uh, yeah. and he's what is he seventeen? Uh, I the reason he was included, I think, is for two reasons. There are le- the attack is less loaded than the midfield, so you have more, more space for an, for an additional player, especially now when uh, Sarabi have gone. Um, and also, just like it did with Mishu and Simon last season, they include them in the first team squad so they can be in in practice and in training. So I think that's the reason. Hope I'm wrong. I would love to see him, but just given his size, I just think you want to wait sort of wait a year. Yeah. And we talk about a bloated squad. PSG have, at last count, 37 goalkeepers in the squad. They've opened up their own goalkeeper academy. So that just speaks to how bloated this squad is and uh, Leo's lack of being able to sell these these players so thank you everyone for uh who sent in questions some of you sent questions in that we talked about earlier so that's why we didn't give you give you a shout out but thank you for those who sent in questions and we mentioned the discord um you should come join us at the psg talk discord it's uh, where all the cool kids are it's where we talk psg with fans around the world so come check it out i've shared the link 17 million times on my twitter so you'll find it just scroll through my feed you can find me ed i'm at psg talk on twitter matt how can people find you on twitter yeah look me up at psg tourists and uh, we can chat fantastic ty the greatest twitter handle of all time what is it <laughs> uh at ty pound sign you can uh, follow me personally but 
Um, there also is a Twitter account for 24th and Park. So um, go follow that as well. We'll be, you know, putting surveys, polls, questions, stuff for upcoming podcasts, clips and stuff. And um, it'll be, you know, your opportunity to just follow everything with 24th and Park as we bring you guys more PSG content. Fantastic. And then Carl, how can people find you and uh, interact with all your thoughts and musings on Twitter? Sorry, I was muted. Uh, yeah, and, uh, so CEO Kalstrom is my Twitter handle. You'll find it uh, linked in the in the tweet and uh, on the website as well, I think. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah engage with me there. Uh, dis- disagree with me. <laughs> Agree with me. We'll have a discussion. Awesome. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Uh, read the site. Interact with us. We appreciate everyone out there who listens to us talk about PSG for an hour. I think we're one of the few who actually do this. So thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. All right. Good, good, good. Good show. Thanks, everyone. Yes. Yes.